I am a wayfarer on the waking way just like you. Years ago, in a time of despair, I was given cause to consider my small place in the whole of creation. The old questions that have perplexed us for ages were haunting me as well. Why are we here? Must there be a reason for our existence? How do we balm our sufferings, enlighten our minds, and awaken our hearts? Are there powers, energies, and realities just beyond our ability to comprehend them? Like a new day rising, a fervor to understand these things illuminated my inner east. The discoveries along the way have been manifold, malleable, and colorful. Like a kaleidoscope, the teachings and practices I have gathered continue to shift and bend, imprinting on the textures of daily life just as it is. My ministry arrives in the form of sharing this extremely personal, varied, sacred, ordinary way with you. Let us traverse this landscape together as siblings. I pray you will join me for a time. I am your brother Oren, and this is my witness to the wisdom cry of the Dawn Deacon. Good morning, dear friends. It's another cool, well, cold morning on the Louisiana Gulf Coast. Barely a cloud in the sky today. The sun just came over the tree line on the horizon. Everything's really vivid this morning, frosty sharp today I want to talk about something that's been swirling in my thoughts for the past few days and that's trauma and the way I want to talk about it may seem a little odd but it really has to do with communication and relationships. You know, several years ago, I made a decision to use my professional skills as a graphics designer, writer, video producer, branding specialist, all those different skills, I decided to put them together and point them at something that I really cared about. You know, we all have jobs to do. And if we're lucky, we get to do a job that is in perfect alignment with our what I would call our life's path, something that really feels special to us. I'm not going to say that all those skills that I've acquired over the years always felt like 
they were in alignment with that purpose. <laughs> Whatever it is, that mysterious purpose that seems so many of us seek throughout our lives. But I realized that I could take all those skills that I'd acquired over the years and point them towards something that I did care about, and that was relationships, better relationships between people who maybe aren't used to communicating their ideas fully, exposing people to information that they perhaps wouldn't seek out on their own, and to encourage people to investigate their own opinions and beliefs about things. Why do we do the things that we do? Because I care about religion and spirituality, wisdom traditions. I often found ways to inject those things into the conversations that I was having. I continue to have those conversations still today through my podcast, Find the Good News. You may even listen to that. But I also felt strongly that I wanted to step a little further over the edge. And if you're listening to this, you're in that space that I've stepped into which is Ston Deacon Ministry. Often, I try to describe to people what the ultimate goal is with this ministry, and the truth is that I don't have a clearly defined goal. Is literally just a space for me to share my way and that way is shifting evolving and still forming it has been for decades I actually encourage that but we do live in a world where people like their designations we seem to want to be able to clearly place something in its category. Mystery is terrifying. We want certainty. And something that I have learned as a truth for me is that there is no certainty. The only certainty is mystery. But That doesn't mean that from time to time I won't put forth information that I've come across on my path, on my way, that feels like a type of universal human truth. Sometimes it's very grounded and applicable to what's going on on the ground, and other times It gets into the category of higher ideas. 
maybe even the word cosmic might be a good word. Just a, a step back from what's just going on here in the ordinary world of people and things and things to do. The pulling and hauling as Walt Whitman would say. So if you do follow me or engage with me through any of these different signals that I put out, you might find that it's hard to discern what my label would be. What's my container? What's my category? Sometimes you might think that I'm propagating Buddhist teachings. That might be true sometimes. Other times you might see a period where I'm sharing the teachings of Dallas masters or teachers. Also true. And often you'll find Judeo-Christian scripture or teachings from ancient masters from different traditions within the Christian umbrella scripture and you might think oh okay he's a Christian difficult There's something old in us, I believe, that's very tribal. It wants, um, it wants to be able to point to someone and say, oh, you're in my tribe. There's like a comfort there. And while on one hand that is good to have people around you, a church or in Buddhism we would say a sangha, There has to be, in my humble truth, a nebulous space where one truth overlaps another. And while the words may be different, or maybe there are no words at all, they are standing in the same stream. There may be cultural deviations language differences, different symbols, different traditions that have been handed down. But outside of those containers, if you really scratch the paint off, what I have found over and over again is that there are things that align. That's what I've been looking for, I think. And that's what I'm most eager to share. Generally, I would say that most people I engage with or encounter would take a similar viewpoint. They might say something almost, almost, uh, you know, almost like an um, overlay of what I just said. Their words might be a little different, but they too 
would agree, I think, that there are universal truths that we try to describe with words. Not just us today, but all through the ages. Maybe that's what mysticism is. And maybe that's why I've been attracted to the writings of mystics. Because they enter into that ecumenical universal space. I've always been fascinated by the stories of great Catholic saints. And if you can get past the forms and structures that have been erected around them, a lot of times you're going to find a very ordinary human being that had a very extraordinary awakening experience. I find that a lot when I read biblical scripture. Each day I practice something called Lectio Divina, which in some means sacred reading. Now, if you're in the Catholic tradition, that's going to mean sacred reading of scripture alone. And while I do add sacred scripture into my morning lectio, it isn't always Christian or Catholic scripture. Most days it's an amalgam of Taoism, Buddhism, Sufism, Hinduism, philosophy, Stoicism, really just any number of things. I'm looking for these spaces where human beings have encountered the universal and extraordinary, using the language of their culture to describe it. I'm always fascinated when people hit that wall where they simply say, there are no words. Being up front, I've had that experience many times. There are no words. If you do that long enough, I truly believe this, if you do it long enough, and I say this because I've experienced it myself. Seeing universal truths that are beneficial and helpful to people becomes second nature. You can read a piece of scripture that may on one hand seem hurtful and painful even because it may seem exclusive or it may seem uh, well exclusive is just going to have to be the word. It may seem that it alienates. Let me say that. It may seem that it alienates others. But if you take the understanding that people writing or using the language of their time and they're viewing it through the lens of what was going on in their region, politically, culturally, even environmentally, you'll see that it really has an effect on the words that they use. The social norms of the time, 
are often in play. It doesn't mean that there's no fruit or nectar in that fruit. It's been my experience in communicating with large numbers of people online through social platforms and through this podcast vehicles that many, many people, myself included, have responded to these things through trauma experiences. So, an example, because of the nature of this ministry, and because the words like a God, Spirit, are often used, I'm very comfortable with those words, someone else may have had a negative experience with a group or a person a religion, a cult that used a specific word in their structural lexicon. So if I'm talking about God or I'm using words like Christ, it's often the case where I may get a response from someone that is a little more offended or hardened and I can I seem to be able to tell that there's some kind of pain there I'm gonna ask for your forgiveness if you feel this is wrong because it's just something I've been thinking about But I seem to sense that there is a trauma underneath the response. Because I put such a kaleidoscopic array of material out from such a variety, diverse variety of traditions or philosophers or poets When you see the response, the trauma response coming in only when you utilize a specific tradition, you have to pay attention. Those are alignments. And the truth of the matter is, what I've seen over these past few years is that when I utilize Christian scripture or excerpts from Christian scripture that stood out to me in my morning lectio as a catalyst for an idea or reflection I get a higher number of aggressive or maybe I should say schooling replies or responses those responses are usually lengthy 
and tailored to educate me on the fallacy of my take on that piece of scripture or further still the fallacy of the religion that it comes from this sort of compounds down depending on which Christian tradition any tradition again under the Christian umbrella that I've pulled from so if I say share something from St. Francis of Assisi most people know who that is for some it's a birdbath saint or garden statue a nature icon but for others St. Francis is symbolic of the Catholic Church and anything that came out of that long lineage to a Christian in another camp because it's come out of that lineage it's tainted and must be disproven and so the energy gets put into that the opposite can be true for other camps of Christianity so even within the silo of Christianity there's an incredible amount of infighting this is not new information anyone can look at this and see it wrong right opinions violence even but I can tell though I really can when someone's been hurt by some group of Christians now I'm not saying that to put a negative spin on Christianity I daily stick my mind and heart into the those waters and drink from them but it got me really thinking just these, these occurrences and the frequency of them and the pattern got me thinking about trauma how often are we filtering or responding really the world through our trauma I know I've done it and I do it now but the more I sat with it and thought about these trauma responses that I received trying to actually truly be with those people in their trauma trying to feel perhaps or even imagine what they may have went through especially if I know some of the details of their life why they may have been hurt who could have hurt them to some degree I take it very personally that I want to show them that it doesn't have to be that way shouldn't have been that way scripture 
religion, tradition, wisdom, philosophy. I absolutely believe that these things should not be weaponized against other human beings. They should not be used to drive people away. And personally, if I come across scripture that has that type of language, as I stated earlier, it's peppered throughout because of all those reasons I mentioned earlier, time, place, environment, culture, politics, of whatever age it came out of. I make an effort to understand that. Say this language is hurtful. I obviously do not need to utilize this this way. There's something else that was trying to be said in all these cultural, geographical elements have been tacked on. It's sort of skinning it out. It's giving it the texture, but the actual heart and blood beating behind the scripture is is love, compassion, connection, community, acceptance, brotherhood, sisterhood, siblinghood. Again, do this long enough and it becomes second nature. But if you're not used to doing this, if we're not practicing this, all we see is hurt. And if we've been hurt, our trauma is re-stimulated. And even that word, re-stimulated. Just to pause there. Long, long ago, I read the book Dianetics and had no idea that it was associated with Scientology. Had no idea of the cult-like nature of Scientology. But I did like the word. It stuck with me that there could be things inside of you that were re-stimulated. I had no idea that that word was predominantly associated with that community, that religion. I used the word and it triggered someone. Now they had the wherewithal to cautiously ask me why I used the word, where I had heard it, because I was using it freely, which reminded them of a community that had been hurtful to them. We ended up having a wonderful conversation. I learned a lot because we got past the trauma. So that leads me to what I want to talk about next, which is not just negative trauma responses, but positive trauma responses. So this individual, when they heard this word that reminded them of pain and hurt, had a trauma response. It reminded them of all the pain they had felt, all the people that had hurt them, the long history associated with it. The structure that had bound them and upended their life. But somewhere in the midst of all of that trauma, they had the wherewithal to simply ask me about the word. 
And when I explained it, we were able to share our stories and have a really dynamic, fruitful conversation that I really feel like we both benefited from. At the time, I wasn't thinking about trauma, positive or negative, but that experience later on reflection, especially in the last weeks, has been coming back into my mind again because that was a positive trauma response. It got me thinking about even this reflection that you're listening to right now. Even my other podcast, Find the Good News. That's a trauma response. Both of those things. The Don Deacon ministry itself is a trauma response. Now granted, that's just a label that I'm sticking on it. But on reflecting on this idea, I really investigate it and I'd say, yeah, it really is. I am responding to the trauma of being in tribes that hurt people. I am responding to the trauma of seeing tribes hurt people. I'm responding to the trauma of weaponized religion and scripture. I'm responding to the trauma of being excluded because I did not subscribe to the oaths or structures of the group. I'm responding to the trauma of being jeered at for questioning authority in groups. So, and I don't want to spend time on that list because when you linger on these things, recognizing them is one thing, but lingering there is picking, picking a sore, picking a, picking a wound that's trying to heal. But I truly believe that these things are trauma responses. Would I be taking you with me right now on this morning walk if I didn't first know that there's someone like you out there, someone like me out there, who's seeking a more universal community and companion, who's seeking some type of siblinghood that isn't particular or contained some type of sangha that supports them some type of church that surrounds them and that's willing to look on others like trees in the wind with strong roots but willing to bend but not break growing at its own rate and growing 
in the light that is on it. Whatever that tradition may be, whatever that religion may be, whatever it is. I don't think being politically correct is always the best course. I do believe we should try to create new language that is inclusive, open, inviting, caring, compassionate. But I don't think we need to, I really don't believe we wash away the textures of the old language that has been used. We don't erase that stuff. We learn from it. I do believe, I see this in my own life. You can learn from these things. But you do have to be willing to be flexible. I know there are teachings out there that are the opposite of this. Truth is, I know that should someone that proclivity listen to this they may feel a need to educate me or correct me it may not feel good but I'm okay with that because the truth is it's probably coming from some type of drama too And who knows, it could be multiple pains that have aligned over time. But it got me really thinking about that, about trauma, truly, and how maybe I have looked at trauma as bad for too long. I touched something hot, my hand recoils in the future when I see something hot. But I want to start looking for the positive trauma responses in my life so I can lean into those things more. Someone might say, that you just call it a blessing. I've seen Christian saints do this. I know Mother Teresa had stories like that, being late for a plane or missing a flight, she would say, well, perhaps this is a blessing. And someone might say it's just simply making the best out of bad things, making lemonade out of lemons and all of that. But with deep-seated trauma, Repetitive, repeating over and over throughout someone's life, it can make you callous. Make all of us callous. I've been callous. I'm often callous. Today. I would encourage you, if you're listening to this, to look and see if you have anything like this in your life negative or positive trauma responses. See what's triggering you. 
And if you do have a negative trauma response, a negative trigger, how can you alchemize that? How can you transform that lead into gold? I'm going to keep trying to do that. Keep sharpening my blade so the edge is much finer and I can do more work with a surgical tool like that. And if you are in a particular tradition, I would encourage you to be flexible in the wind. You don't have to give up your roots. You don't have to transplant. But be flexible and bend and look on your brothers and sisters the same way, rooted in something, but willing to flex and bend in the same wind that blows on your life. And another thing to close with, and it may seem random, but often as I was meditating on these ideas of trauma responses, I kept thinking of the little paper game that we used to play when I was a kid. And you may know what I'm talking about, maybe you don't. But when you fold a piece of paper into a flower shape and you have four corners and someone holds it in their hands and they you pick a number off of one of the corners. It has one, two, three, four. You pick one and then they move it one time and then you pick another until you end up landing on a flap and they open the flap. I kept thinking about trauma that way just to visualize it, that the surface of the paper game, this paper flower, is the trauma, whatever it may be. It doesn't have to be spiritual trauma, religious trauma. It could be anything. But each time you touch that trauma, depending on where you touch it, What's going on at that time depends on what you're going to find inside. You have negative choices to make and you have positive choices to make. You have hurtful choices to make or helpful choices to make. The, the key to all of that is identifying it to begin with. We need to be able to see it. So again, as I've said before, and as I often say through the Don Deacon page and our sibling circle group, investigate yourself and often. Investigate yourself and often. Discover why you're doing what you're doing or thinking what you're thinking or why you believe what you believe. 
you may end up in some mysterious spots. But I, I encourage you to be comfortable with that mystery. So when you do touch that paper flower and you see all the options before you of how to respond, you can choose the response that builds siblinghood and not encampments. If you're listening to this, I love you. And I do hope this has been of use to you. May all beings have happiness and the causes of happiness. May all beings remain free from suffering and the causes of suffering. May we all rejoice in the well-being of others. And may we all live in peace, free from greed and hatred.